Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com. Jimmy, were you there uh, calling the game? Calling the game uh, from inside a corporate box. So um, fantastic atmosphere, albeit uh, insulated a little with the glass. But we had the door open. I'll tell you what was interesting. We had the Broncos directors in the box next door to us. Dave Donahue was in there and cheering home his Broncos at 24 points to eight. I swear to God, I almost said to Mark Spud Carroll in the call team, go and get Dave Donaghy because I want to speak to the CEO of the Broncos just um, before we go off air, having won the grand final. Uh, and I thought, oh, might go now. Maybe you just never know what happens. And next thing you know, um, a masterclass from Nathan Cleary. By the way, can I also say how important Jack Cogger was and coming onto that field, and giving Cleary the freedom to roam, two passes wide, straightening the attack, and also taking on the um, the line at a much greater speed than someone say an Isaiah Yo does. So led directly to that Cleary break for the Leota try, uh, had an impact around the field as well. But I don't know, boys. As far as grand finals go, where do we rank this one? It's you know 89, 97, 2015. In years to come, they'll be talking about 2023. Well, I think you look at it a couple of ways. Obviously, the um, you know the Panthers flew home, and 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 you know just in the way they came back, it's, it's got to be up there in one of the well, one of the biggest comebacks in all time. But not just that, the first half where it was a really really tight contest, um, I think that's almost been forgotten in the uh, with the comeback in play. Like obviously eight six at half time. I remember looking up at the clock at the thirty minute mark, and I thought they'd been going for five or six minutes. It was just a rapid quick game of football and high quality and and to have, you know, almost two halves of football that was so different where it was free-flowing in the second half where, you know, Brisbane jumped out to that big lead and Penrith had to chase them down. But then the first half was completely opposite. So I think just the way the, the, the game unfolded, I think it's got to be right up there with one of the best. Yeah, I agree. I, I was at the ground in 89 and, you know, I, I've always rated that game as... Um, you know, not only the obvious that it was just such an outstanding event, but, you know, for it to go into extra time, to have all the ebb and flow that it did. But my goodness, I'd, I'd rate last weekend's um, uh, either with it or or even above it. And there were so many different stages to the game. That first 15 or 20 minutes, the intens- intensity of that battle um, and the whack and, and the physical contest and the fact that the Panthers had such dominant field position yet came up with a try from a, basically a tap back by the Broncos off a, uh, a, an unfortunate uh, drop kick out that didn't really go the way they wanted it to and then we ended up with a an 8-6 half time position and then for after half time for the Broncos, their field position the way they all of a sudden got themselves into some attack and then man to go bang, bang, bang you know, I mean he's, he's had a outstanding season for a player that scored three tries in a grand final, as he did. You just don't lose games, let alone grand finals at 24-8 with 20 minutes to go, do you? And just to watch what then unfolded. And Jimmy, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I thought Cogger was super. Gee, I thought Leota, when he came back on, he just absolutely put a stamp on the game. And, and the set of six before um, Nathan's line break, you know, he really all of a sudden gave them some grunt and some go forward and then 
lo and behold, here's a big front row galloping through at a thousand mile an hour in support. And then, yeah, we had uh, uh, the 4020 and then Nathan late. And um, yeah, Cog has picked up that great contract to go to the Knights on a three year deal. Gee, I tell you what, um, I think he's got you know good money for the position that he was in when he signed that mid year. If he went on to the open market today, I think there'd be. Um, a, a decent little bit of mayonnaise as a top up to that new deal, but yeah, to the victors go to spoils. I mean, it was they were just outstanding on the day, that especially that last ten minutes. Showed his ability to play fourteen hooker, five eight, <laughs> halfback, whatever you like with Jack Cogger. Two hundred tackles for the Broncos at halftime, one fifty for Penrith, and maybe that came back to bite them a little bit back end of the game. All right, let's look back before we look look forward, boys, in an abbreviated edition of Market Watch for Top Sport. How'd we go? I think I had Panthers 1-12, to 12, um, $3. I had Liam Martin anytime try scorer, so no good on that one. And I did take uh, – I was looking for the all-up on that with a minus 3.5, so that didn't salute as well. How'd, how'd you boys fare? Yeah, well, just having a look at the uh, results, we got the – the one to twelve of the Panthers up, and then um, uh, we got a couple of our NFL results up. So the uh, we, we got a balance there of seventeen hundred and eighty-seven. Of course, Detroit did what they do best and, and got the result um, for our charity bet there. And Dallas covered the minus seven as well. So seventeen hundred and eighty-seven in the kitty. Uh, but yes, we we did anchor a lot of our legs with the Panthers minus three and a half, which just fell short. Mm. Yes, we did. Well, I, I picked up the Panthers um, back in June, and, and so that was my longer-term play, um, 3.25 back then, so a nice result in the day. I did think they covered a line, which clearly they didn't. Picked up Crichton as an anytime try scorer, but my other two anchors, which was around uh, uh, Tavava on the on the left, and um, Luai uh, did not come through, but... Um, there was, gee, there was some really interesting market moves on the Saturday and the Sunday, and I know a lot of that's uh, probably led by uh, the trade-off and the hedging around what Bedar had done. But, um, yeah, there were some really big uh, money moves around a couple of partic- particular players for um, either any time try scorer or honours in the game, which in the end uh, fell short. And once again, uh, Tristan picked up the cash, and no wonder he had a lovely weekend in Sydney. But... Yeah, I mean, just a cracking game. Yeah, it was going to stay at the Caravan Park, ended up staying at the Langham. Uh, so there you go. Well done to you, Tristan. So um, uh, you didn't want to mention, I know you mentioned Detroit minus one, but you didn't want to mention Miami versus Buffalo over the 54. I think they got over nearly 154, didn't they? But uh, the $3.40 all up on that one. So we'll get to an NFL tip. Just quickly, um, just on Moses Leodi, you mentioned that uh, undergoing a scan at the moment, results back late today, I think. So New Zealand sweating on his fitness for the Pacific Championship. Have you got a market up for that with Top Sport, Tristan? Uh, the Pacific Championship, we absolutely do. We've got the cup winner where Australia are $1.37, the Kiwis $3.80 and Samoa are at $8. So obviously the Aussies very, very firm favourites in that market. Then in the bowl winner, we've got PNG at $1.75, Fiji $2.10 and the Cook Islands 19 So it's going to be a really, uh, really tight battle there uh, in the uh, Fiji v uh, PNG. So we'll have all the match markets up uh, next week uh, when they get a little bit closer. So teams will come out, but Jared straight away, no Nathan Cleary. Um, speculation around Dylan Edwards playing on the wing for Australia. Valentine Holmes not available first game. Surely New Zealand's the value at 380. I have to think that they are. 
um, Jimmy. And, um, you know, that, that Australian side is far different than what we would have expected a few months ago. And, uh, gee, the workload on, on these players now um, is uh, so significant. You know, we talked about it this time last year that we ended up having a belated World Cup. Again, we've now got uh, belated test football uh, matchups at the end of the season. And, yeah, we, we want international football. We need international football, but somehow we need to readjust the scheduling and draw and, and the workload on some of these top-line players. But, um, yeah, a lot going on with international football and some really nice matchups. That that game is going to give the Kiwis a big chance, Jimmy. I guess the key for the Kiwis is just going to be what they do at number nine and if they can make that work. I just find it fascinating that uh, on the back of the Warriors having such a great season, uh, you know, one of the best seasons they've had for a long time. They've only got one player in the squad. It just shows the the quality there that are in the uh, in 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 the uh, New Zealand outfit. And obviously, we know there's a few people unavailable. But yeah, it's certainly going to be a very very interesting uh, few weeks coming up. Torhu Harris unavailable, Murata Niakura unavailable. I can imagine they would have been immediately selected by Michael Maguire if they were available. So they are significant losses for that. New Zealand side. Um, 